and the yours basically represents a body identification. So when you're thought about, you're thought about as a body. The thought system can't think of you any other way. It pictures you as a thing. Yeah? So, so if you listen to the thoughts, and we tend to listen to them more in a way because they're ours, you're about us. Yeah? This is where the real glue is. Because you don't listen to other people's thoughts you know, too often. And if you did, you would see how insane they were pretty quickly. But you listen to the same thoughts in your head and think they're incredibly great ideas. Yeah? What causes it to be different? It isn't a thought, it's the same thought. Yeah? It's how it's held. This is where the, the trick is. This is where life is happening. It's got turned into life is happening to me. It's a, it's a little bit of a ship, but it's huge effect. Because you, in a way, you forget living and you remember being alive and you will be alive, let's say. So you live more in a past-like projection and a future projection than the living moment now. It's like we're displaced. And so in that displacement, we got to rely on something, and we usually rely on the thought system to tell us how we are, how things are going, what's going on, this is how I truly feel. But really, it could be disproven quite easily, because we don't really even have an idea. I mean, people have very hard time, you know, they call like, uh, like uh, excitement, anxiety, and you know they don't even know how to name certain things that are going on. Yeah, so you could just be excited about something, but your head, oh, I'm totally anxious about it. But maybe you're just excited, like when you were a kid, you know, to go to like the park or something. So it's in a way, it's it's given us. To me, it's like a, a heist. Really, it's a heist that you never know. You only start life from after the heist. You never see the heist. If you did, it wouldn't be able to continue, is my view. Yeah? But most of the time, we see sort of after the heist. So the mental state has claimed this, this opportunity we provide, which is what a living opportunity, and has claimed it to be the one who's having the life. So now life is seen as my life. Yeah? For some of us, it was extremely uncomfortable, and we were driven to drug use and alcohol and acting out a lot to try to get some kind of feeling of being alive because we felt like we were dead. You know, and I don't know if, if you ever did LSD. I remember the first trip I did. It was amazing how everyone seemed to be a plastic person, but I was exempt from that plasticness. <laughs> I was the only real thing, which is this arrogance of self-centered. Everyone else was unreal, but I was as real as real could be. <laughs> but it shook up my head a lot, you know, and I said, wow, what the hell, how I, you know, it's sort of, sort of, like the, the chalet I thought I was in, I saw the sign prison, you know, even watch. I was like in a mental prison. So, I wanted out, and, you know, this action figure was driven to extreme lengths to try to feel different than it was feeling most of the time, under that domination, you know, of the mental state, really. Because as like a little kid, I seemed to be pretty cool. As I started to grow up, I got uncomfortable in my own skin, so to speak. And, and, uh, and you know, like when you're young, you, you just run into a room, and there was a point that every room I've ever entered since then, I was accompanied with thought, you know. 
I was thinking, who's in it? What do I look like? You know, it was on and on. It was just like an avalanche of way too much obsession with concerning me. You know, I remember I was young, and I was 11 years old, and a girl said hello to me, a pretty girl school. And I went home and wondered my, what she meant by it for five hours. I was just going over it. All, does she like me? Doesn't she like me? It was all I could, but all I had, the only way I could entertain it was in a self-centered manner. How it pertained to me. She probably forgot me in a second, but it was very profound, and I had a lot of that profundity every day. <laughs> and it was really uncomfortable to be so fucking important. <laughs> it really was. I was just, I couldn't bear the weight. I wanted to get out how I felt very strongly. <laughs> And so, uh, this all smacked of a, of a predicament I believe many of us are in. And following, quote-unquote, the spiritual view of all this, you know, many of us have been led to certain people. One master, Ramana Maharshi, a great master in India, who's passed away, I think, in the 50s. And a lot of people were brought to him and other people, and then this thing got popular called non-duality. Yeah, it's a sort of a take of, and what it means is not to, really. It's like a negation of the feeling of being a someone in a world of someones, you know? Us, them, me, you, subject, object. All of that sort of dualistic expression, it's denying. It says that none of that's so. Yeah. So, this one master, this is what I used, I've been on a little witch hunt almost, going to spiritual group and spiritual group, trying to ruin their day, basically. <laughs> <laughs> At least their, their book buying <laughs> urges <laughs> by just throwing something out, because a lot of them, this is a picture of his, which I don't pretend to have any lineage to this person, but other people do, you know, they, they never met him, but they <laughs> supposedly think they're in the lineage of this man, or whatever. But I like what he says, because some of the stuff he said when I read it explained, explained huge amount of mental volumes that my head had produced, all in one sentence. And this was the, one of the primary points, and it says it beautifully. He says, presupposing the existence of a non-existent thing. This is what's happening with all of us, knowing it or not. The mental state is presupposing the existence of a non-existent thing. And that becomes our starting point. That becomes our assemblage point. That becomes our reference, yeah? That becomes the frame of all the pictures we're going to let in and out. Are going to be framed by this one little movement of a mental movement, which is a presupposing. So when the mental state supposes that you are a body, it presupposes that you were a body. And it also presupposes you will be a body. Yeah? By all the thinking about yesterday and tomorrow, that presupposing is being reinforced. So then we take ourselves to be a body, and we forget the spirit, let's say, if you want to call it moving through us, or you can sense it, or like those downloads of wisdom and intuition that don't come from your head, but come through the head, so to speak. Yeah? All of that stuff now becomes very, very infrequent, and we're now living from this reference, and it may not be as satisfying for some of us. 
And so what happens is, of course, a natural reaction would be to seek. But see, the seeking, even though how natural and noble it may seem, will be co-opted by this statement. So instead of seeking relief from the imaginary existing thing, you'll be seeking relief for the imaginary existing thing, you see? It's incredibly simple, but that mistake compounds itself in time and space, yeah? And reinforced every day. And so all our journeys to get somewhere start from that port, yeah? And if you saw that you were not at that port, it may cease your drive to take a journey. Yeah? You may have an immediate sense that you are what you're looking for, finally. You know? Or the seeker is the sort. You may really get a hit on that. Yeah? And that hit won't take any time to download, but it'll have a very strong impact. And it may put to rest a lot of the irritability, restlessness, and discontent. And it may like stamp out or put out those urges to constantly keep seeking for a better, bigger moment or a better, bigger experience or a better, bigger realization. And instead of having a huge need to search for liberation, you feel the relief from the need to be liberated, which is quite different. Because there's no need. You don't arrive anywhere. You're exactly where you are, and from there, you lose interest in the need to be liberated, because what needs to be liberated truly is not you and I. We are what we're looking for. But what we're looking from, we need relief from, but it will take that need and make it a relief as that. So what we're not wants to be liberated from itself. But in that seeking to be liberated from itself, it really reinforces reinforces itself that it's not. See, this is the trick. And if you don't know the tricks, you're going to be prey to them. You know? To me, the only thing you can teach is what you're not. You can teach the activities of what you're not. Yeah? You cannot teach about what you are. That's in the realm of finding out. There's no way you're going to study you as what you are as a topic. It's impossible. You are that. It's sort of like, even in science, they keep running into this, where they keep discovering more and more stuff. You know, they break down matter to a point where they think they've reached the God particle, and then there's particles of the God particle, and they so on and so forth. But they're never going to know the knowing. See? That which is knowing through them is never going to become a subject they can know. Yeah? So their whole search is limited by what's seeking, because you're not going to find that. Yeah? You're not going to have knowledge of that. It's all knowledge. Yeah? It's all the knowing. It's all the seeing. It's all the hearing, all the feeling, all the tasting. It's not the all-seer, the all-hearer, the all-feeler, the all-taster. There is no thing that's seeing. There's just seeing. Yeah? Seeing is the, uh, the... To recognize yourself is impossible, but you can intimate yourself through the seeing, the hearing, the feeling, the tasting, because you are more a verb than ever a noun. You are not a thing. Yeah? 
So when you're looking for yourself as a thing, or trying to acquire qualities for that thing, or trying to make that thing better, you're missing the whole point. Because the point would be valid if you were a thing, but you may not be that thing. Yeah? And if you're not a thing, the bets are off. You cannot acquire more non-thingness. Yeah? You can't get a larger amount of no-thingness. You can't, you know, I found the mother load of intention and attention and interest. Now I'm supremely interested and attentive at every moment. There's no mother load. It's an endless stream. Yeah? It's like the guy with the, who wants to know the river, gets the glass, sounds like a good idea. Gets a glass, puts it in the river, now he thinks he has the river, but he's lost something by putting it in a glass. It's he lost the rivering. The rivering is the essence. The verbing is the essence. And once we use our sense of knowing, we neuter everything. We make it something to be known, and what we are and what we're looking for is truly unknowable. That's the good news. Because you are that which you're looking for. So this statement, as simple as it sounds, is is incredibly profound because... We're action figures. We're going to be doing stuff. So let's say if our doing starts from this point and there's a little bit of a off calibration, just tiny. You don't even notice it when you look down. But with that in place, the next 49,000 steps that come after it, you're going to buy, it's going to go woo! It's going to be, it's going to, the, the little tiny impossibility will seem to have a huge effect in time. Because it will be a whoa, yo. But at the point where it began, or prior to the point where it began, it seems super clearly as an impossibility. It's super clear from before it starts. After it starts, it becomes a fact that we have no idea of that's like a phantom or a shadow on everything we do. We are always doing seemingly for the non-existing thing, as the non-existing thing, by the non-existing thing. See? This is it. So spirituality, a lot of spirituality starts after that point. And so they want to offer processes and practices to get back to the authentic point, but the authentic point isn't authentic. The path is a pathless one. It's prior to the path. It's before the first step. Yeah? You are prior to what the mental process produces. You are not a product of the mental process. You can see the production of it, and if you see it, sooner or later, the emphasis will be on the scene, and then you will realize you're not that. You're not all of that which that implies, or presupposes, or infers, or points at, or... or slyly sort of indirectly assumes all that will be seen to be not you. Yeah? And there's no other movement other than that. It's like you're not that and then that's that. It isn't like you're not that and let's get on to the business of finding what that you are. There, that's it. You are the seeing of what you're not, basically. Yeah? That becomes your new established point and then see how it feels over time. For me, 
it, it manifested here as a stabilized traveling lighter, as an action figure. As this, um, I have hills and dales, I've got diseases and broken bones and other things I go through, girlfriends with cancer and all this stuff. And what I've noticed, I've traveled lighter over it all. It didn't change every all the geography, but I, it allowed me to travel lighter over it. What the more do you want? There is no end point. There's no beginning point. In a sense, it's the pointless point. But what's the thing is, it's not enough to point that out if you don't follow how it's being translated. And we hear it, we hear the idea that I'm a lion, and we may go, yeah, I like that. But we don't know how we hear it is with sheep ears. And so the sheep ear defines its possibility and it's impossible to think it's a lion or to feel it's a lion because it's already believing it's a sheep so it cannot entertain that message it has to translate it into something it can understand which is I can become like a lion that's not it that's not the message that is a message but it's not the message yeah it is a message but it's not the message the message is, question the sheep ears. If you're not the sheep ears, maybe, guess what? You may roar that second. You may find that you are what you've been looking for. You won't have to take roaring lessons or freaking, you know, try to straighten your sheep hair to look like a mane or, you know, rope claws or whatever. You'll just roar, and there you go. Then you go to the store. You know, really. You know, get a video. Who knows? It's not like, oh, you know, now you're on the stairway to heaven. It's nothing like that. You're in freaking wherever I am, the aggressive hall. That's what happens. You know, it's just like, whoa. You know, how the hell did I get here? And why do I stay here? <laughs> These thoughts can come in. But they're somewhere after the fact. That's the fun of it. When you realize they're after the fact, they are an incredible mine of comedy. <laughs> Just, you'll keep yourself amused all day because they've missed the landing point so badly. They come so, they're so much later than where you saw that. It's sort of like, I didn't want to be there, but you've been here for a week. You're very, very slow, bro. You gotta get a better search. You gotta get a better something. You're way off the beat, you know. I'm, I'm leaving England tomorrow. You're just ready to start bitching about voting or not believing. <laughs> I mean, it's way off, you know. And then you see the disparities of the thing that seems so true, you know. It seems so like the Greek oracle, you realize it's a failed system. It's a failed thought system, basically, that we've been saddled with, in a sense, because we're identified with the body. So the brain makes us, in a way. And we take that which it makes and reinforces and implies. And for some of us, maybe it suits well. Others, it doesn't. You know, They're at a point where they need to hear a message like this, so they find themselves in a cabin so that we can entertain it and sit with a certain certainty to buoy that possibility and give it some breath and width and see where it takes you. That's the whole point of Satsang, association with truth. Just sit in it, sit in it, 
and, and have faith in mind and it'll do the rest and it will if the grace is there it'll take you but it's not about you anyway in my experience it's more about being of service it's nothing to do with you nothing no way it hasn't been that way I haven't read scriptures or anything in a long time because what's downloading in me says do not do that do not try to get this better it wants me to, you know, read sport blogs and to fucking do nothing. So that's the appropriate response, and then the downloads keep doing it. Not for me, but to be of use. And that, to me, is a, a fucking high calling as an action figure. Seriously. Yeah. So. so, he says it again, to emphasize this point. Now we use glass and we can't see well yet. He says, to try to destroy this imaginary thing by practices. Oh, first, let me do this. So, where is it? it says, when your practices themselves become a means of giving life to the non-existent thing. Investigate that. Just read it. You know, maybe tonight. See that maybe what you've been doing has been doing this exact thing without you being aware of it. That while you were trying to destroy something, you were reinforcing it. Yeah? Because he says, this is, and this guy, he wasn't here today. This is just something that they've been saying for centuries for people who start looking. You know? Who start looking for something. They try to warn you and try to save you a lot of time, basically. Those are the greatest teachings of all. They warn you for the potholes or they tell you the little tricks that you may run into. Because the mind will lay out a number of them. Yeah, and one of the greatest ones is it'll love to see you try to get out of itself because it actually gets a bigger reflection of itself while you're trying to get out of it than if you would just accept it and stop wrestling with it then you'd realize there is no apparent foe yeah, you would but while you're trying to get out of it you're giving it a huge reality and this is what he's saying here when your practices themselves become a means of giving life to the non-existent thing, how can they destroy it? Yeah? So how are you going to meditate yourself as of, out of being the meditator? He's saying it's an impossibility. How can you think yourself out of being the thinker? Yeah? How can you feel yourself out of being the feeler? It's like a Chinese thumb puzzle torture. You're not going to, the more you pull, the more you're stuck. Yeah? Like, you're like, you're like the the bonding mechanism of the Chinese thing. It doesn't, it's just a little thing, but it's your movement that causes the bondage, you say. This is exactly what they're saying. And one of the greatest forms of bondage is seeking, really. Seeking the solution can be used as one of the greatest forms of bondage to this imaginary self. This is a dilemma that I didn't know when I entered spirituality. I thought it was very noble, and I did a lot of stuff, and I was very, very vigilant about it, and I didn't know. All the while I was doing that, this was being done, yeah, without my, my awareness, and so all the meditation I did was reinforcing the idea of being a meditator. And now I was bonded to being a spiritual person, where before I was bonded to being a junkie person. Yeah, the same, same. One had different outfits, you know. <laughs> Leather jacket, tattoos for one, the other nice yoga pants and long hair, the truly one, you know. But it's basically, the bonding was going on no matter what outfit I had. 
You know, you thought there would be more of an immunity with the bros, but no. It's actually, it's actually a tricky, uh, you know, enslavement because you don't think you're enslaved, which is really, <laughs> at least when you're a junkie, you, you know you're enslaved, but, you know, whatever. So, to follow this is cool. So he says, all right, when, you pract- when your practices themselves become a means of giving life to the non-existent thing, how can they destroy it? To try to destroy this thing by practices is to be just like a thief turning himself into a policeman to catch the thief who is none other than himself. It sounds funny, yeah? But it didn't. It wasn't funny to me when I realized that it explained my 20 years of my living. <laughs> I was rather upset. <laughs> I only had one identity going at the time, and that was a spiritual seeker. I was a house painter, but I wasn't really that good at that. So I only had one hat, to, one peg to hang my hat on, and then this message just took it up right from underneath me. What? You know, I, I'd love to be on a bus and. Oh, you look so clear. Oh, I made my day. Yes, I have a loving gaze. Working. Working. I'm a spiritual seeker. That was totally taken out out from underneath me. It was really disheartening for for that which I'm not. But thank God I didn't pull up my spiritual pants and I just walked around naked. And then it started to dawn on me, hey, I'm exactly the same before I go to the talk, during the talk, and after the talk. There's a certain sameness that all the doing and all the undoing never touches, you know? I would say it's an inherent quality that can't be added onto or subtracted from by all our little shenanigans. It can't. It's just, it's just touchless, you, you know, it's just whatever. And so that became a little more apparent, and in my experience, it just caused a lot of ceasing of a lot of activity. It doesn't have to be that. But to, to, to have a sense of being meditated to me is worth thousands of hours of meditating. To feel being meditated, you know, to feel the onness, or to almost like to feel that this is a hose and now you're the water moving through the hose. And the water brings definition to the hose. Without the water, the hose is just an empty little plastic freaking thing. But when the water comes through it, it feels, yes, well, that's sort of how it's like. So, the same master said in a different way. So, it says, simply stated, the problem is that there is a perception that there is an individual self which wants to extinguish itself. And if you're an addict or were an addict, that's what we were doing. We were trying, we've been trying to extinguish ourselves a long fucking time, yeah, with the hopes that things would be really good. Simply stated, the and that would work if you were really so, but you can't extinguish an imaginary thing. You can't get out of an imaginary place. It's impossible. See, the bigger place that you would have it is is all the rooms that you would call trying to get out of it. That's the bigger the house that you get caught in. So all you're trying to transcend an imaginary place can't happen because it's imaginary. You have to see, in a sense, what's so and what's not so. Because most of us are in, are in the opposite. We're taking what's not so to be so. Yeah. And it's escaping us. The more we try to look out 
the less we find. We're sort of become blind to our own innate scene because we're busy looking with a very, very formatted way called self-centeredness, you know. So when I look at things, I look at them as how they refer or pertain to me. That doesn't work in what's seen. You're never going to find it. It's when you realize you're not that looking, that this isn't, these are not your eyes, then the real seeing becomes available to you. Okay? So, here it goes. Simply stated, the problem is that there is a perception that there is an individual self, which is the sense of being a body, bro. That's all it is. It's a feeling of being a long-lasting, independent, separate thing, and that's a body. It's as simple as that. That's the reference point that the mental state has claimed to be your starting point and your end point. And it's a little bit of a... It's not correct. There is a square zero that we've never left. Yeah? And that's what we're really truly abiding in. It's available at all times. with no requirement necessary to meet it because meeting it would be an unnecessary step. You are it. The meeting has already been occurring a long time ago. You are it, yeah. So, and this is just a warning. You know, the problem is that there is a perception that there is an individual self which wants to extinguish itself or wants to better itself or wants to realize itself once, 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 once. Yeah? <clears throat> so that the state of realization will be revealed. But anything which this individual self tries to do to eliminate itself merely prolongs its own existence. Now, this is what I wasn't told. <laughs> I was really good at trying to extinguish the self, but I didn't realize it was all being negated by this statement after it. But anything which the individual self tries to do to eliminate itself merely prolongs its own existence. That's why when I overdosed, when I woke up, I was fucking pissed. I was pissed I was still here again. I was totally disappointed that I came back to the same freaking movie. Usually like a prison melodrama preceded by a hospital melodrama. <laughs> so, if one sees spiritual practice or this meeting, if one sees spiritual practice as something that one does to attain realization, then there is no solution to this problem. There is no solution. Why is there no solution to this problem? Because when the solution is following the dictates of the problem, there's no solution to the problem. Because at that point, you're identified as the problem. You're the solution to the problem. From you, from what you are, there is no problem. But when the solution mistakes itself to be the problem, that's what, that's what causes no solution to the problem when you're the problem. And we're saying now, thank God, ultimately, factually, you're not, nor have you ever been the problem. You have only reached a level of seemingly being the problem through identification as the body. Seemingly means it appears to be true or false to you. All rest, all heaven and hell rests on you, baby. It's truly the case. Yeah. You are the pivot point. You are the pivot point here. You can lean one way, or you can lean another way. When you lean this way, this will look so. When you lean this way, it will seem to be unso. You look this way, so again, unso. So, unso. 
Yeah. <coughs> so he finishes it with this. <coughs> These are like knockout punches. I remember when I heard this the first time. Fuck. I was really upset. <laughs> so if one sees spiritual practice as something that one does to attain realization, then there is no solution to this problem. There is no solution because the whole problem stems from the totally false assumption that this individual self has a real existence. See, once again, no matter how far you go, you always return to that. Yeah? And the point is, we're saying that you are prior to that. You are prior to the imaginary thing taking to be a real thing. You are prior to it. Yeah? So, in other words, there's got to be something that fools us to believe and then reinforces that through all the presuppositions, all the assumptions, all the insinuations. Now, how I saw it, how I saw it being supported, this illusion, this idea of being an imaginary thing, is through the thoughts being held as yours, through the feelings being held as yours. And so the mental process gets to verify a life that it claimed by claiming all the faculties of what we call living. Yeah? Feeling, seeing, tasting, touching, smelling, thinking. So now it says, I'm the thinker, I'm the seer, I'm the feeler, I'm the taster, I'm the toucher. It doesn't have to get rid of what it can't get rid of, it just hides it. So the emphasis now goes on the seer and the seeing instead of the seeing. So you're conscious all day, but we live as if we're not. You know, we live, we live as if we're not conscious. We wait for the head to tell us how things are, how it's going to be, and how they were. We, we actually live for, we, we wait for the head to tell us at night how the day was, basically, don't you? I mean, you have no clue. It was just happening, and then the head tells you a big story. You had a great day. You have the pictures to verify it. I was here. I was in this place in Burma. It's a really trippy place called Pagan. It's a wonder of the world, I think. And what happened there from 900 to 1200 uh, AD, the civilization on this big plain near this river, the Urawadi, just built Buddhist temples for 300 years, 5,000 temples. As far as the eye can see, just temples, stupas, temples, all different kinds of... It's unbelievable. It's incredible murals of the Buddha life and everything in there. And you go there and ride a bike around in these dirt roads and just check out these places all day. It was really, it was like really uh, interesting. And then at night you could go and watch the sunset. And then when the sun was going down, you'd see all these spires and all these like stupas sticking up. And it would be just an awesome view. So one night we were doing what we usually did. We were laying it down on this pagoda watching the sun. And then this, we see this big cloud of smoke, of dust. And then it's coming, and it's coming, and it's a bus, a huge bus, like a tourist bus. And then it pulls up to this temple, and then all these people get out. Yeah, They walk right up to the temple, turn around, they get their picture taken, and then they get back in the bus, and they go. Now, when they get home, they will tell everyone I, we were at this temple. But were they really at the temple? They had the picture... But were they really there? They just walked up, looked at it for one second, turned around, got the picture, and there they were. This is how most of us live a life. And yet we don't even get the current pictures. We just get the past pictures, memories. And a memory of any event is just, when you remember an event, all you remember is a memory of it. You never go back to the event itself. They've already proven it in neuro research. 
All you can go back to with a memory is another memory. You never go back to the event because, in fact, the event never happened in a weird way. Yeah? Our whole life story is based on memory. We're always rehashing, rethinking, refeeling, referring, re, 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 re. It's like a do over. Okay, who wouldn't want to have a drink or something? <laughs> Literally. Really, or who wouldn't go all out for it if there was a, a spiritual solution that you could do yourself out of this condition? But these people knew this was going to happen, and they said, listen, you cannot do and have yourself out of an imaginary condition. You'll just enter another imaginary condition. So you've got to see what is that sense that causes me to constantly seek. Yeah? If it isn't you, then your loyalty to it may not be that strong. You may be able to go, hey, fuck that, and be free from it. If it's you, you'll fucking get it therapized and try to take the next new thing and try to... You'll work, because you can't entertain ever leaving it because you only entertain leaving as it. It seems to always come along wherever you go. This point can stop a huge useless journey. Seriously, just get recalibrated. And it's your entertaining the possibility that actually it's already so, but here, in a way, you can make it so. But first, you need to have the possibility to entertain. And this is the spiritual subpoena. You've already been served, and you'll be called to the courts, not your own mental courts, thank God. You've been convicted there already. You go to a court of life, and all your fucking trespasses will be annulled. You'll be let off the biggest hook of all, the you. This becomes, this stops being an urban renewal project. Fucking the construction is fucking shut down. You're not funding the improvement of Paul all day. It's fine (laughs) as it is. Let's get on with freaking living. You know what I mean? Now. And then your interest and attention that's been so co-opted and hidden in time by thinking about you in the past and thinking about you as a body in the future, comes back, and now, instead of enslaving you now to yesterday and tomorrow, which is what it does if you believe your thoughts, it now enriches you here. Yeah? You're awake to being awake. And it's no big freaking fight. It's not a big fanfare. It's like ordinary dog shit awareness. You're just awake. All day. All night. Sleep. Non-sleep. Just boom. You know? <laughs> all this shit, all the partitions and the differences are all blurred out, and you're just that, which everything appears in. Yeah, simple as that. Yeah. You know how you hold the space for people, in a way? Just to let them be who they are? Well, that's what happens to this. You hold the space for this and let this thing be how it wants to be. Fucking let it go to the pasture it wants to go. It may not want to do 12 hours of yoga postures. It may want to have a latte and kick back. You know what I mean? All right. Seriously. It may want to wear looser pants. Instead of, you know, Levi's is usually, if you see Levi's in America, 
they're going to neuter all men. You can't have you can't have genitalia and wear their jeans anymore. You have these slim things. You cannot get all everything in. It's like your sperm will be frozen. They won't you won't be able to have any kids. They're really, they're unbelievable. Because I'm thin. I tried them. You can't get. I, I can't get them. I don't know how they have the smallest niche of clientele. They're trying to make these little stick figures out of the young people now, men. So they'll all be fucking neutered. It's insane. Maybe you just, you know, fuck it. Maybe you'll just, then maybe you'll give permission to do what you like, whatever that may be. Maybe you find out that you're not like an extreme sport person. Maybe you just want to, you know, sit in your stream. And for me, I go on walks near my house. I don't have to take a four-hour drive to verify I did something. I go to nature, and I go to the same place, and it's new every time I go there, because the scene's always new, yeah? The scene is always alive, and so I can do the same trail for years, and I'm a happy camper, and I'm back in an hour. I went away, I went on a big hike, I climbed up, to, no, I just went behind the library, walked around, <laughs> got a total, total full-spectrum experience of it, and I chilled out, you know, I got the rest of the day to do nothing. Then <laughs> 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 see what comes up, maybe I can put to use, who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's a simple point, but I think it go, gets overlooked a lot a lot of the time and I just had a bug up my butt the last few months of doing talks that I wanted to keep emphasizing this because I say it this way many times but it sounds better to me when I read it from Ramana Maharshi because I don't listen to my own tapes (laughs) but I remember when I hit this this little statement downloads tons of oomph if you just open up this can save you a lot of time and maybe allow you to be okay now, you know, instead of living in the hopes that you'll be a better okay later. Yeah? That's all slavery. It really is. We always keep putting off the only thing that's going on with the hopes of having it better later. You know, that's insane. That's a God that's usurped the realm of God. You know, the mental state is playing God playing God here, and it's using our God-like juice to do it with. We have total belief in the thoughts, and it's just producing tons of anxiety and concerns and worries that not, they're not even close to being yours. They're just fucking things shit. It's like the mental state throws shit and whatever sticks, it tries to write a story about it. Yeah, it just, just throws it out there. I'm frustrated. I'm I'm disconnected. What the fuck does that mean? You have never been out of any moment you've ever been in. All these insane ideas are insane ideas. Put put them to rest. Everything is blue is blue and red is red. It's much simpler than you think. And it may be much more ordinary than you hope for. Truly. So you feel it now. See? The souffle is cooked. Sense it. You know that sense of pause is you. You've finally shown up in your own life. You think you're having a pause. That's the mental claiming. 
but the pause is what you are. You're an eternal moment here. You really are. An eternal moment with no body, no formation, no thingness. Spread. <clears throat> yeah? Allowing everything to occur just as it is. Yeah? No argument with anything. Yeah? Allows time, allows the stakes of separation to be put up, but none of its territory is marked by any of it. It's all fucking virgin, free-range, turf. Yeah? Always available at all times, right where you are, no matter what condition you think you need to set up for it. If you give up your opinions and stop cherishing them, you fucking have an easy access to what you already are. Yeah. And I'm telling you, you'll get it's much easier to give up opinions than your opinions. So don't even worry about opinions. Just go to the your. Are they truly mine? Am I willing to die for this fucking idea of being right about that woman doing something to me? Am I really willing to die for that? Is it that important? And see how the mental state pledges allegiance to this little phantom. Why would you want to follow that? It just takes the life out of us. You know, People are so... I run into so many people. They're like citizens in what's not happening. They don't even have the here to anchor in because even this here has been replaced by a mental here of tomorrow and yesterday. They've never had a real sense of being here. They've just had thoughts about being here. Yeah. And the thoughts have a huge trail of yesterday and tomorrow, each and every one of them. This is the point. If the faith that you are, it's a force of mind, big in mind, if that faith is put into that which is worthy of faith, and find that out for yourself, to me, I don't believe it's a body or a place. I believe it's our inherent condition. That faith will produce an ease and comfort in your skin now. And you, a, an ability to comprehend serenity and to know peace. And a sense of being available at all times and therefore being of service at all times. Same faith, if put into a thought system, is going to displace you in the yesterday and tomorrow, and it's going to produce tons of products of anxiousness and comparison and and not enoughness and rightness, yeah, which is just going to load you up and just heavy you out in a very very light moment. You know, I mean, we bring all the luggage into this event. This event is clear and clean. We bring it all in. Yeah. And the only reason why that can keep happening is we're identified as that which is the first bit of luggage, the body. <coughs> so there is a solution. From the solution's point of view, the problem is an activity. So how can it be a problem? If it's an activity, it can stop, yeah. Is running a problem unless you couldn't stop? Yeah. But this, 
It can stop. You can see it. Not, and it doesn't even stop. You lose interest in it. It continues on because that's what the mental state does. But you don't listen to it anymore. You hear it, but don't listen to it. So now you're led by something other than K-Paul, you know, the golden oldie station. You're, you're open to other modalities, other downloads. And then intuition and wisdom and sensing things become the new norm. And none is none of it's acquired, none of it's thought or efforted by or through. It's just byproducts of a simple recalibration. The calibration is from something that never could possibly happen to what always is so. So in a sense, there's not even a need for a calibration. Just seeing that what seems to be so is in fucking impossibility. You are not a separate, long-lasting, independent, separate entity. You are not one inch from the source. You are not unloved. You are the loving here. Yeah? Yeah. So, yeah, simple invitation. can be repeated quite a lot. Like the head's like a lazy Susan. You ever see a lazy Susan? Goes around at a kitchen table and then has slots. You put something in and, oh, there's the salt. Well, this is what the, the invitation is. You say the same thing tons of ways, you know, and then one time it gets through, you know. So, aha, and all the head needs to know the whole ocean is one drop. The mind is unbelievable. If it gets one drop of a possibility, it can expand and know it completely. Yeah? Have faith in mind. Not in the mental state, but faith in mind. Mind is uh, like one statement, one sentence only. You couldn't, you couldn't sell a book with that one sentence, could you? You couldn't even put it on a, a New Age postcard, really, you know? Who would you send it to? <laughs> why, did, why did Paul send me this? You know what I mean? But it's more valuable than tons and tons of books. You know? Because it just tells you something you may not be aware of. Once you become aware of it, it's, it reveals so much. Yeah? The mind itself just uses this one statement and then it applies it to thousands of different activities and then you get a picture of the activity of what you're not. Yeah? And if you're not that, all new possibilities show up. I can be free from it. It's the first one. And to me, the last one. It's all I needed. All I needed was the possibility I could be free from that which seemed to drive me crazy. That's all I really needed. I've been entertaining that since I first heard this. And it feeds itself. I entertain, and there's more to entertain. Entertain, more to entertain. It became the last answer to me, like an unspoken yes that echoes all the time. And there you have it. You know, all the fun of hoping to get somewhere has been dismissed. <laughs> all that shit's it's just. This is how it is, man. All day, incessantly on, and it provokes a lot of wonder and awe. Really, it's mind-boggling. And I just know all of us are totally capable of entertaining certain simple points that could lead to at least a, a lighter traveling for a while in your life. Yeah. So it isn't the the great relief of a heavy burden can come a little bit at a time. You know, it's great that every moment where the possibility to really be dense and heavy was there and that wasn't didn't get any traction to me that's a great solution
so the traveling lighter just eliminates and it's hard to be grateful for what's absent you know because you don't know how it could, it could have been but there's an intimation of that grace man shit you know what it's like just to be in a day like just be completely in Sunday you know not expecting anything greater on Monday or not reflecting on it was tremendous Saturday just totally being here for no other reason than being here, you know, it seems so fucking obvious after a while. You'll grow to, you'll grow used to it. The more you grow into it, the more you'll see about what you're not and how the mental state does exactly that. It reinforces an imaginary thing all day. Yeah. So. Now, Steve is so clear, he, doesn't, he only comes to the end of the talk. He doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't have to sit anymore. He just passes by. So he has to go to the mail, stop at Satsang for one second, go on. Yeah. He's, on he's on the express lane of the spiritual supermarket. I know him. Go right through. <laughs> so any questions? Have this, you feel the little build-up of the days? It's been nice, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Ah, I like it. It's nice cooking. Yeah. I dig it. It cooks, you know, yeah. Lovely. Brings out a lot of nice flavors. A lot of pickles. What? A lot of pickles yeah. coming from nowhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of laughter. Yeah. So you're saying the, I suppose something I got, always got confused with, and I think something that kind of perpetuated the seeking, was the idea that it was going to be this big light switch, this big on-off. Yeah. yeah. But you're saying it, it doesn't have to be that way. It could be more like a volume. Up. It doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be any way you think it has to be. Let's right. put it that way. Yeah, yeah. It can do it whatever it wants. It's mind. Mind can look like it happened in time, or it can look like it was an intervention at the time. It can appear any way it wants to appear. It's the dreaming. It's not defined by the dreamt. It's the, it defines the dreaming. Yeah? Yeah. We're in a dream, in a sense, you know? Mm-hmm. On a bare level, you have to know, just by having this place, a subjective experience, yeah? So everyone, let's say, comes to this event, but the event is going to be what they make it. This is all day. So, obviously, that implies that whatever we're in doesn't override what's in us. We override whatever we're in, yeah? Mm-hmm. The meaning doesn't come from here, it's given to here. So you and I give everything all the meaning it has, which is a lesson in the Course of Miracles, is what's happening here. In the dreaming, you and I, as mind, either identified mind or not identified mind, is giving everything all the meaning it has through this body. So because this body is seen as a thing, it sees everything as things. Yes? And so there can't be a self without an other, and there can't be an other without a self. So it, the whole perception supports the mistake of the dreaming. Yeah. So now we think this place is real, and then space is called nothing or inferior. Doesn't have much meaning, and then material is solid and substantial. You know. So we're just we're in the the church of thingness. You know, praying and exalting the up the ultimate thingness. You know, our celebrities and fucking other. <laughs> yes, the thingness 
Look at that. It's fucking insane, really, but whatever. Yeah. yeah, so maybe you have a download that does it all in one second. Sometimes you have downloads and you don't even know what happened. They just lead to another something occurring years later. Yeah, and then or there can be a couple of them that combine and culminate into something, or they can just be an ordinary scene that becomes extraordinary. You know, it doesn't matter what; it's just mind. Mind can do it however it wants to happen. See here, let's say you're in a movie, and you're defined by the movie. Well, then something may appear to work as a movie works. You know, something starts, and then this thing occurs, and then there's a big crescendo, and then everything changes. Or it can be a real quiet one. This person's just eating cereal in the morning, and watches a drop of the milk hit the, you know, the puddle of milk, and whoop, that's it. You know, no bells go off. Yes, he's the winner, the spiritual winner today. Yes, in Norwich at twelve o'clock. No, he just goes on going on, and, but now he's traveling lighter. Yeah. yeah. Some people get a see my see sign at the share. Others don't say anything. They do it in other ways, like my friend's a Zen sword master, he uses sword, yeah? Other people dance, other people sing, other people just go into a cave, other people share, other people write books, other, you know, other people do art. It's, it's the same, it is the one hand of the artist, the world all like brushes, you know? The bodies are like brushes. Yeah. We have a seat assignment, and that's it. So we, everyone has a seed assignment. We, you know, and then you have the ability to fulfill the seed assignment. That's the, that's what happens here. And you know, it's not about us really. Much bigger expressions going on. We try to make it about us, but it's really not about us at all. Yeah, yeah. So. Don't exclude yourself because a big event hasn't happened. That's what many minds do. They hear someone describe innocently that it happened in a certain way in a certain place, and some people will go to such insane lengths, they'll go to the same Kmart and be in the same aisle where, where, the, where the toaster fell and hit the guy in the head and try to reproduce it, with hopefully it can produce it, as if it's something that happened. It, it didn't happen, it's always happening. It's just some mind walking around here got keyed into it. So they call an event occurred that allowed them to realize there's only all eventing, you know? Yeah. yeah. So. But what the head will do will use it to exclude itself. That's all it fucking does. Look at what it's done with enlightenment. If you're in spirituality, enlightenment is the curse of many people. They would have been better off if they never heard the freaking thing. Because which it means cessation all suffering, but in mental states, it's used to produce suffering. People are not enlightened yet. I should be enlightened. Uh, Baba, they shouldn't be enlightened before me. It just goes insane. Same thing with awakening. People would be better if they never heard of awakening. Yeah? Or, you know, whatever. You know, it's just... See, no matter how beautiful something is, it's what hears it. What hears it. And if something is arising very quickly in you that catches everything that you believe is coming towards you and then interprets it from its view, neuters it, and then gives you its neutered product. So now instead of being okay now, you're in the hopes of being, I will be okay. This is what's happening all day. This is the heist prior to all heists. 
Yeah? Something is masquerading as us, believing it's hearing all the messages, it's going over the dictates, it's translating the scriptures, it's doing everything, and that may not be in your best interest. How it looks may not be even close to how you see. Yeah? In my case, it was true. I was dis- seemingly displaced for quite a while, and what happened in that displacement was a lot of drug and alcohol use. The fucking field to try to get out of something. And my really insane belief, because it was a religion to me, I thought if I could taught my mind enough, it would snap, and I'd be fucking over it. Well, I did it for years, and a lot of shit snapped, but <laughs> I can't, I ran it, and I would, I would match my devotion to drugs to any great devotee in spiritual history. I gave everything I had to it, everything I, that I could get from you to it, I loved it, I was totally devoted to it, I gave my everything, my whole life, if you, if you did what I did, you know what, you would know I did it. All like that, and you know what? You can't get out of an imaginary place. That fundamental mistake kept biting me in the ass my whole fucking life. Now it's been revealed to me. Yeah. Now the dogs don't even come close. It's great. And I'm hoping to be of help to you, really, in some way, by saving you time. Yeah. And teaching, you know, you can teach about what you're not, but no teacher is teaching anything about what's so. It's impossible. You can't teach what you are. You can only find out what you are. And the best way is in the I don't know. And when you realize what you're not, the greatest, highest form of knowledge is I don't know. And then real knowledge comes in through that. Knowing nudes everything, but I don't know allows real knowledge to download. Seriously. And that, that knowledge can be incredibly convincing. There'll be a certainty that can come from it. And it will be a done deal. Not, not vague and varying and going in and out, but you'll just be established in that. Yeah? It'll be a done deal, and then you just get on with things. Yeah? So like in AA, surrender turns surrendered. Now there's no surrendering and taking it back, then surrendering taken back. There's just surrendered. It's a clarity, you know, you know you're fucked, and you're not managerial quality, and there you go. And you get on with it. And as they say, you know, God can do for you what you can't do for yourself. Expand that, what you can't do for yourself. Keep throwing more in there and see how it, things work better without you running the show. Yeah? You, I could turn my life over to almost anyone in this room. There's a few people maybe I wouldn't. <laughs> but many of them I would turn, and they would do a better job with, me, with it than I ever did. It's your extreme interest is the dilemma. Your extreme interest is what's fucking everything up. You're way too absorbed in you. It's, it's, this is a dispersal of attention, not a focus. The mental obsession about selfing is a focus on you as everything, as the center of the universe. And you as a body cannot take that weight. It's way too much. It's just frying you like a crisp. It's this gets disperses attention and interest. You've got a wide lens. Yeah, you're not really putting attention on anything specifically. You hope you're actually sensing more the space things are in than the things that are in it. Yeah. So you, and the scene never runs into anything. It just sees infinitely, and you're just on. 
Yeah? And so now what you would call the background has moved to the foreground, which is the space, and what's appearing in it, which always was the foreground, is in the background. Yeah, so now you're just in the space, and that's like when I come in a room like this, I sense the space more than anything. You sense space, yeah? Because that's of mind. That's, that's sort of what mind is like. A very, very clear, very, very, very clear, active space. Yeah. Everything comes from it. All things are pregnantly possible there. And then we bring a lot of it into expression through us. Yeah, that's our job in a way. We're more of an expression than an achieving or accumulating. We're an expression. Yeah. Yeah. So. Any other questions? Get your last ones in. <laughs> so I'm cutting off the questions soon. <laughs> That'll be it. Oh, we'll go out to you. Can we go somewhere other than Weatherspoons? <laughs> <laughs> Let's up the ante a little bit. <laughs> that curry was pretty old. Sorry to say, it was bad. <laughs> but I'd like to eat again. <laughs> not there, <laughs> 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 Give the master something. <laughs> and I think, hey, if you don't mind, I think we'll pass the basket so I can make some money too. If, that, if you don't mind. And I have two men's shirts left. That's it. And one book. That's it. So we get the book. Wow, the book's gone. <laughs> Yeah. I think there's a hat in the back, the top hat. What's your name? Rob, nice to meet you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.